Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study every Wednesday night, posted at 6.30, our local time, which is the time that we meet in the building here at Sunny Slope for our regular Wednesday night Bible class. We also post a Sunday morning Bible class at 9.30 each Sunday morning, again, same time that we meet together for our Sunday morning Bible classes here at the building. Now, we know that there are people who are not able to be with us, both in this area around Omaha, but also across the country and literally around the world. And so we are thankful to have the opportunity, the ability, and the means to be able to broadcast God's Word, to have Bible classes for people who would like to study His Word but cannot be with us in person right here at the building. We're thankful to be able to, do, to, to, to teach God's Word and provide those Bible studies through the means of these podcasts and by the medium, through the medium of the Internet. So we're thankful that you're there. We're thankful that you're tuning in that you want to learn God's Word. And we pray that as we study together each week that you are doing exactly that, that you're growing in your faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, and thereby you're growing in your knowledge of what God's Word really does teach. We encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can. Help their faith to grow. Help them come to a greater, deeper knowledge of God's Word. Share through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You might help somebody turn their life around and get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So share today and every day with everybody you can. And we encourage you to encourage everybody you know to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and have them click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when someone signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their smartphone or their computer, laptop, uh, tablet, pad, whatever it might be, they will receive our Wednesday night Bible class or Sunday morning Bible class, all of our sermons, and they'll also receive our Monday through Friday daily radio program, Search the Scriptures. And then they will also receive a short Bible class or Bible study every day that we call today's Bible class. That's seven days a week. It's only about 13 minutes each day, so it's easy to fit into our busy schedule. Now, you can listen to it on the way to work in the morning or on the way home after work, or maybe just taking a break during the day from your daily chores or maybe during your lunch break at work. But it's really covers pertinent and very scriptural uh, studies that, that pertain to all of us on a daily basis. Only about 13 minutes a day, again, today's Bible class. Now, while they're at our website, they can access hundreds of sermons, and also they can access and download and read hundreds of scripturally based and spiritually focused articles. All of that, again, is free. So tell everybody, and take advantage of it yourself if you have not yet done so. We're going to get back into our study in 1 John chapter 2. 
And as we have been going through these Wednesday night Bible classes, going through quite a number of the New Testament books already, we have been taking our time, looking at it in depth and in detail, and trying to, as I keep saying, peel the layers of the onion back, so to speak, helping you get a fuller understanding of what these texts really are teaching. Now, 1 John was written by the Apostle John. But of course, he was guided in what he wrote by God through the Holy Spirit. And so he wasn't just writing writing down what he considered to be good thoughts out of his head. No, he was being guided by God through the Holy Spirit to write God's very word. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And literally, that means all scripture is God-breathed, the understanding being it is God's very word. God's very word. So John was writing this down. And what great instruction we get from this particular letter from the Apostle John. Now, we're in chapter 2. We begin with verse 24. I'm going to read down through verse 27. Therefore, let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same appointing, I'm sorry, as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it is taught, as it has taught you, you will abide in Him. Well, John is giving some simply practical advice here. Have you ever been around somebody who was just a pathological liar? It's not; they're not a trustworthy person, are they? You know, the old saying goes: if you see their lips moving, they're probably lying. I mean, there are people who will lie when it would be easier to tell the truth. But lying is such a part of their nature that they just automatically lie. They lie all the time. They'll lie to your face. They'll smile while they're saying it, trying to make you think that they're telling the truth, that they're sincere, but they're lying all the time. How sad that is. They're just not trustworthy. In fact, probably you don't really like to be around them much because they are not trustworthy. And if they'll lie to you continually, then what else might they do that would be, well, dangerous for you? See, you just can't tell. What John is emphasizing here, when he says in verse 24, therefore let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will also abide in the Son and in the Father. Well, boiled down, we could say he is saying, stay in that true teaching that you have received from God through the Scriptures. There were probably still some people alive who had been in the presence of Jesus during his ministry upon this earth. But most of the people who were Christians, and John writes this particular letter to Christians primarily, they were taught the gospel by somebody, maybe one of the apostles, maybe one of the preachers who became gospel preachers after they had learned the 
message of Christianity through somebody who taught them after they had been taught by somebody, maybe one of the apostles, or maybe they were taught the the gospel by a family member who had become a Christian, such as the Apostle Paul. I'm, I'm sorry, such as Timothy was, who worked with the Apostle Paul. He was taught by his mother and his grandmother. Well, and so it goes today. There are a great many people who become Christians having been taught by a family member or having been taught by somebody they come to know, maybe become a friend, maybe a work associate who is a Christian, and they share the gospel with them. Or maybe they simply attend worship services and Bible studies with a local congregation of the Lord's church, and they begin to learn that way. And they ultimately learn enough that they become Christians. They're baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins. Well, what John is saying here when he says, let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning, and if, and if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, now what does the word abide mean? Stays in you, lives in you, continues with you. Then he says, you will also, you will also abide in the Son and in the Father. Well, let's look at a parallel to this in John's second letter, John's second letter, 2 John, there's only one short chapter in that particular uh, second letter written by John. And in verses, verse 9, he says, whoever transgresses, whoever transgresses and <clears throat> so goes ahead, he misses the mark, he's out of line as far as the truth is concerned. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine, the word doctrine again simply means teaching, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. But he who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. And so John is saying in both of these texts of Scripture, 2 John chapter 1, verse 9, and here in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 24, we need to stay in God's Word. We need to stay in the truth of God's Word. And if we do, then if we abide in that truth continually, if we live in it, if we live by it, then we will also be in in the Son and in the Father. Now again, let's look at the parallel in 2 John chapter 1, we talked about verse 9. Well, let's go a little further. If any, in, uh, well, let's look a little bit deeper here. Again, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Hmm. So if we want God and Christ to be with us in our lives, then we're going to have to live our lives faithfully, obediently to their teachings, the doctrine of Christ, the teachings of Christ. Now, just not, not just the teaching about Christ, but the teachings of Christ, because that goes with the teaching about Christ. Some people might try to separate the two, but they're inseparable. If you're going to live in the teaching about Christ, well, he's God the Son. He's the Savior the Messiah, the Lord, the head of the church, then you're going to be lived by the teachings by Christ as well. And so if we are living in those teachings, 
then we're with God, we're with Christ, and God is with us. So we come back to 1 John chapter 2, and again, that's simply the basic message boiled down of what John is writing there. Let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. What did you hear from the beginning? The gospel of Christ, the teachings about Jesus, the teachings of Christianity. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, it lives in you. Now think about the word being alive. We'll look at that in just a moment. You will also abide in the Son and in the Father. Now, what is truth? How important is is truth in our lives? How important is truth as to our eternal destiny? Well, we talked a moment ago about how we're uncomfortable being around people who lie on a commonplace basis. Again, some being habitual liars. They lie all the time. How can you trust somebody if you cannot trust them to be telling the truth? Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verses 31 and 32, and he was focusing upon truth in this particular text of Scripture. He said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Now, again, that's basically parallel to what we just read in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 24, and also 2 John chapter 1 and verse 9. If we're going to really be with God and Christ, then we're going to live by their teachings faithfully, obedient, obediently, and consistently. So we come back to John chapter 8, verse 31. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. In other words, we're true followers of Jesus. Now, put that in a little bit of inverse order. How can I be sure that I'm a true follower of Jesus? I'm going to live by his teachings. I'm going to be obedient to those teachings on a consistent basis. And then in verse 32, he goes on and says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You see the emphasis on truth there? A lot of people, well, they just kind of give a wink and a nod at truth a lot of times. They think truth is something that can be bent. It cannot be bent and still be truth. When you start changing the truth, well, then you're, it's no longer the truth. You see, for the truth to still be the truth, it's got to hold true. And I'm not just using a lot of double talk here. It's, it's a simple, straightforward, and easy to understand principle. For the truth to be the truth, it's got to stay true to that truth. When you start varying away from it, then it's no longer the truth. It's some variation. It's whatever you say or somebody else says, what they make it up to be. So you cannot, and it's not the idea of necessarily just denying it outright and saying, I'm going to tell you something completely different. It's just changing it. You can change it in a subtle way, and it ceases to be the truth. Now, what is the basis for this truth that Jesus talked about that shall set us free, that we need to know so that we can be set free from the guilt and condemnation of our sins and be recipients of eternal life from God through Christ, our Savior? Well, that truth is none other than the Word of God. You see, 
Jesus on the night of his betrayal, in John chapter 17 and verse 17, he prayed to the Father. He knew the next day he'd be on the cross. He'd give his physical life as a perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of the sins of all mankind for all time. And so that, that evening before, he prays to the Father, and in verse 17 of chapter 17 of John's gospel account, Jesus prayed to the Father, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. God's word is the basis for truth. Well, God is the basis for truth. And his word, scripture, the Bible, is the basic truth that has been given to mankind. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22, we read this. Peter writing, writing to Christians again, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Oh, yes. When we become a Christian, we become a Christian because we have come to understand and believe the truth of God's Word, which guides us into Christianity. When we obey that, then we have been born again by obeying the truth. We have been born again through the incorruptible Word of God. That's how Peter puts it out there. God's word is truth, and it is that truth upon which his offer of salvation is based. If we want eternal life with him in heaven, then we need to obey his truth. We need to obey his truth. What did Jesus say again in John 8 and verse 32? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Jesus identified himself again as the basis for truth. The night of his betrayal, John chapter 14 and verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I've emphasized many, many times through these studies, through our other podcasts, and through preaching and teaching on radio and preaching, you know, uh, in, in a, on a personal basis in, in worship services and Bible classes at the church building that a whole lot of people, they want to be able to just believe in God and Christ in their minds without having to live obedient to the true teachings of God and Christ communicated, communicated to us through God's Word, the Scriptures the Bible. They want to be able to think they're okay just by believing, as I call it, intellectual belief. They believe in God, they believe in Jesus, but they don't want to have to make the commitment to live the life of being a true follower of God and of Jesus. They don't want to have to be obedient to the teachings of God, of Christ, of Christianity. They want the blessings without the commitment. Now, in many cases, 
they want to say, well, no, no, I, 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 I want to make the commitment, but they want to change the teachings of God in some way to suit their fancy, to make it more, more compatible to their thinking, their way of thinking. They want to make it feel good for them, and so they'll change some features of God's Word. Well, once again, once you start changing God's Word, it is no longer God's Word. It's now your Word. In Revelation chapter 22, almost the last verses in the New Testament scriptures, Jesus said this, and I, I believe we can understand Jesus as saying this. Now, some would say, well, no, no, it was, it was simply John writing that down. Well, okay, if he was writing it down, it was still God's word because he wrote this book by inspiration, by guidance from God. In verses 18 and 19, we read this, for I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. In other words, we're reading here from God's word. God is, is speaking to us here through his word here, whether it's direct from Jesus or, or whether John was writing it by guidance from God. God does not want us to tamper with his word one little bit. He wants us to accept it and obey it, live by it consistently, just as he had John and the other inspired writers write it down. And this is not the only text of Scripture that gets across this same instruction. We could read it in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 2. Deuteronomy chapter 12 and verse 32, Proverbs chapter 30, verses 5 and 6. And we could read it in principle in the first chapter of Galatians, where Paul rebuked the churches of Galatia that they were turning to a different gospel, which Paul said, and that's not really another gospel. Because again, once you change the teachings of God's word, it's no longer God's word. Well, God's word says this, or say, yeah, but you changed it. You added something to it, or you took something away from it. So it's no longer God's word. It now has become your word because you're the one who redesigned it to fit your thinking, your desires. So we come back to 1 John chapter 2, and we understand then that John is writing here, if you know, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning, and if you heard from the beginning, or if, if what you heard from the beginning does abide in you, then you will also abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. Eternal life, again, to those who live by those teachings of God faithfully and consistently. Now, that means obediently as well. There's no way to be faithful to God without being obedient to his teachings. Now, that, again, will bother some people because, as I said earlier, there are a whole lot of people, they want the blessings of God, they want eternal life, they want salvation without having to make the commitment to live by God's teachings. And that will not work. We come back to verse 25. 
And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. So if we want eternal life, we're going to have to come to God his way. And that is, according to his teachings, communicated to us in Scripture. John goes on and says, These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. Who would be those who try to deceive you? False teachers. And they're all around us. A whole lot of people who wear a title of pastor or reverend, our people are just, are just in some cases minister or preacher. They're teaching false doctrine. Now, are they teaching some of the truth? Yes, they are. But they're mixing it with other things that are not in God's Word. In fact, with some things that are contradictory to God's Word. And that's false teaching. That will not get us to heaven. We look at verse 27 again in 1 John chapter 2. John goes on and he says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has been taught you, you will abide in him. Emphasizing again, you've been taught the word of God. And as long as that is the basic standard and guideline by which you live your life on a daily basis, then you're with God and God is with you. But if you veer from that pathway of living by the truth of God's word, then you're walking away from God. And you can expect God to walk away from you as a result. If we want to be with God, we've got to live by his teachings. We've got to come to him not just some way. We've got to come to him his way. We'll finish up this chapter next time, just a couple more verses. But it, uh, it uses a designation of identity for Christians, for true Christians, true followers of God and Jesus, calling them little children. Now, I want to talk about that some. Let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for sending your Son to bring the gospel message of salvation and eternal life to us. Thank you, Father, for the Bible, your word written down for us so that we can study it consistently and continually. Thank you for promising us that if we will live by those teachings, you will bless us with eternal life and an eternal home with you in heaven through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and your Son. Help us, Father, and help people everywhere, all around the world and in every generation to understand this truth, this wonderful offer of blessing from you, and to receive it and live by it, Father. We pray. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.